This one here that we're gonna play this is, like, is like stupid new, all right? <laughs> Just stupid new. <laughs>
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of I'm No Joe, your home for all things combat sports and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel a thin bronco. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. If it's Thursday, it's I'm No Joe. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, the show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Uh, today, as like some days, uh, I have got golf tee here with me. The kid is on his way home from work, should literally be rolling in any minute now. This is right about time, so uh, we hope he will make it here so we can round out our first back edition the way we like to. We'll see if we get there, but uh, before we get into that, uh, Golfy, how the hell are you doing now that we are back from our much overdue break that we, I'm sure, both enjoyed more than we should have? <laughs> that overdue break was something else, man. It was way past overdue. Thank God. Not that I don't enjoy being here, but man, having a whole week off of, of YouTube's period was yeah i was gonna say we both had we both do uh several shows and there was no youtube at all last week so everybody just got to take the whole fucking week off and completely relax it's a beautiful break kind of glad to be back now because we just start talking kicky punches again to be quite honest kind of missed that last week with um not having anything to talk about or mention ever yeah yeah yeah, I, I, I guess there is that. Uh, no, there was no big production of any kind over the holiday weekend. There was a uh, an abomination of a thriller show. Uh, there are a couple points about that that I will talk about here in just a minute. But uh, yeah, uh, I hope for everyone involved's sake, if anyone did watch the thriller show, you didn't pay for it. Uh, it, it was, I will say this. Um, the fights were better than I thought they were going to be. They genuinely were better than they thought they were going to be because I did watch the whole goddamn thing. I was very, very deep into some devil's lettuce and enjoying my foot being elevated and it was on TV, so we rolled with it. <laughs> but uh, the, the fights were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. The production value was exactly what we have come to expect from Triller, just fucking horrible. Um, I will say uh, a little better than previous promotions, but even that, it's it's not really saying much. Um, I will say um, I did not expect to see the MMA guys because basically what this was, it was Team MMA versus Team Boxing. Uh, Shannon Let's Go Champ Briggs was team boxing and had several uh, current or recently retired professional boxers, like acclaimed boxers. Uh, and then Quentin Rampage Jackson, uh, you know, of all representatives, was uh, team MMA and actually assembled a fairly decent uh, roster of MMA fighters from what was available. Um, and the MMA guys 
in actual boxing uh, did a lot better than I thought they were going to. Um, I'm kind of guessing it has something to do with the fact that they actually got to wear boxing shoes in the ring and they're not used to doing that, like when they actually compete. And the fact that they were using uh, 10 ounce MMA style gloves instead of the regular four ounce MMAs or 12 or 16 boxings, they were 10 ounce MMA gloves. So they had a little padding, they had the finger curl, but it was open fingers so they could still use their hands because clinching was allowed. So it, it was interesting. Uh, Albert Tumanoff, perfect fucking example. Um, that name is not going to win you any fucking prizes in the MMA circle for the most parts, but most hardcores will know who he is. Came in and literally outboxed the shit out of a dude who went rounds with Roy Jones Jr. Like, that ain't for nothing. Like, I'm not saying uh, a fucking thriller knew it was going to be like this by any stretch of the imagination, but this is what I'm talking about. Some of these turned out to be pretty fucking decent here. Uh, then we had uh, Ryan Campos or Brandon Campos versus, or yeah, Ryan Campos, Brandon Vera. Just absolute fucking war that literally could have ended in the second round if not for a fucking illegal shot that got a point taken. And as soon as that happened, it turned uh, Campos gun shy, and then he just couldn't fucking pull it back anymore. Uh, that was a, a weird fight, but it was. Very interesting, a lot more entertaining than it had rights to be on that card. Um, Aluminum Mike actually showed up with a little bit of a game plan for all of like six minutes, five and a half-ish minutes. Um, and then he got clipped and just couldn't really finish the job. But at the same time, the guy that he was fighting, Sears, Perry clipped him fucking hard and clean. And you could tell that, like, both of them were surprised in that exchange and that Perry didn't think that was going to land. And Sears didn't think it was going to get past his guard. And it did. And it fucking rocked him. And, like, after that, Sears was real, real gun shy to commit to a big shot. He was really trying to counter Perry for the rest of the fight. But at the end of the match, the fucking highlight that has made me giggle every time I've fucking seen it. Uh, as they read the announcement, both Mike Perry and Sears were both equally surprised when they announced that Mike Perry won the fucking match. Uh, this shit was fucking hilarious. Um, another example of MMA guys not really committing as much to boxing. Um, Mitrione got in there. He hurt that dude early and he hurt him hard. He fucking dropped him clean, but he got up and Mitrione never really was known for putting a heavy pace on you for five rounds. And it very much showed because he gassed out real fucking hard. Um, the problem was they banked on their main event being Frank fucking Mir. I'm not saying that Ryan Kavanaugh and the Triller team should have known from the jump that this was a bad idea. What I am saying is that Ray Charles could have told you that this was a bad pick. Um, Frank Mir hasn't been legitimately competing at the top level for a while now for good reason. Um, Pulev, Puliev, I believe his name is. 
just absolutely fucking demolished Frank in like 19 seconds to the point where Frank was literally like Mike Tyson's punch out wobbling in the ring with his hands out at one point and then quit looking at Puliev and started wobbling towards Dan Mergliata directly. It, it was fucking, it was bad. Um, it was bad. Um, I will say though, the most disappointing out of anything of the trailer card was the Metallica performance says plural. Um, those were just, it was sad to see Metallica not able to play Metallica. I'll say that. Uh, go watch the replay if you think I'm being harsh. Because uh, that being said, though, uh, we do have some interesting news that has shaken down the tree since we last talked to you wonderful folks. Um, a couple of fight announcements, a couple of just interesting pieces of news as well. Um, first one we've got here, um, <clears throat> excuse me, coming off of a fucking incredible performance that we just saw him in not that long ago, uh, Joel Alvarez jumping right back in there on February 26th to take on Armin Sarukian. And I think that could be a very, very fun fight. That's a very fucking hot pair of prospects right there. Both of them have great performances, but really kind of need more fights in general. Good pair up, I think. Uh, but the other pair up that they put on that February 26th card that has had the MMA world in a fucking tizzy almost the entire time. They announced it almost like 48 hours after we saw you guys last. Um, Benil Dariush versus Islam Makachev. One of two things comes away from this match. Either Benil Dariush gets the recognition that he fucking deserves when he ends the fucking hype train for Islam Makachev, or Islam Makachev jumps the shark and then gets the next title shot or has to fight like Gaethje for the next title shot. I don't, I don't think there's any other way out of that fight. Yeah. If, if, if Benil loses this fight, that's going to make Dana White go, Oh my God, it's the next Khabib. Yeah. Well, I think twofold. I think, A, he's going to get that Khabib dollar sign in his eye and, and give Islam the jump on the shark. But, B, I think this might be Dana's reason to give Benny walking papers because Benil Dariush has never been what Dana White calls a fucking needle mover, which is stupid because he's one of the best fighters in the fucking UFC. Um, but he's not – he doesn't have that pay-per-view draw value that Dana really fucking loves too much. No, that's because Benil generally fights smart and safe. Yeah, and he doesn't he gets it shit. done, though. Yeah. Yeah, to be quite honest, I think that, that does beg the question of since Benil has been so good, I think people are, because he's overlooked so much, to include by Dana White, People are overlooking him in this fight massively. Yeah. Because most everybody is on the Islam Makachev fucking 
hype train. Don't get me wrong. The guy's a great fucking wrestler. But so is Benil. But Benil is also a much more well-rounded fighter. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's going to... It'll be an interesting one for sure. To be honest, I can't wait till that fight happens just so that way we can see is that train going to get derailed or is it going to get a rocket booster shoved up its ass? Then if Benil loses and gets walking papers, guaranteed he is signed by Bellator the next fucking day. That quick. Yeah, Scott Coker's not that dumb. No, you can't let a guy like that walk. I will give Bellator credit for one thing lately. A lot of the people they've been picking up that are getting dropped by the UFC are good. There's been a lot of good fighters that have been cut by the UFC. And you're going, why? Why are they cutting these good fighters? Yet they still have um, somebody who's going to be in tonight's um, prelim card. Mr. Coconut Bombs himself shouldn't be in the fucking UFC anymore. But here he is with more fucking fights. Ironically enough, uh, Kevin Lee of all people who we'll talk about more again in just a little bit, uh, actually made a very good point on a podcast over the weekend. Uh, he said that one of the reasons that several of the bigger name folks that we have talked about over the last couple of months, last year-ish, uh, getting released from the UFC when it seems like they're still absolutely in the peak of their prime, they've just hit a little bit of a skid, which we have seen Dana overlook several times for plenty of other stars um, has been because these fighters that we all know and love that are just on this skid are also to the point in their contract realm where they're making a quarter million dollars, whether they win or lose just by walking out into that cage. And they're fighting people from the contender series, soup can series uh, who are making 10 and 10 best case scenario. They're paying out 20,000 to this fucking soup camp. Whereas if they keep these people that everybody loves around, it costs them a quarter million dollars to watch their favorite people lose. Or they could send a soup can out there to put on a great performance against another soup can and literally pay a quarter of the price for the same time's worth of entertainment, which I get sucks overall from a fan standpoint, but that's the business way that they're looking at this. And that's that's why as much as I hate to say that, much if I was somebody was asked, should I go into boxing or MMA? Like, how do you want to live? Exactly. Do you want to live paycheck to paycheck and still have to work rich? a job, or do you, you want to just rich, be able to focus? Do you want to be famous? Yeah. If, look, if you're looking for, you don't fame, get both. <laughs> you can't get both unless you're right. the elite cream of the crop in boxing. You are not going right. to be the elite. one in a fucking million. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be a Canelo. You have to be a Gypsy King. You have to be something like that. That's a one in a million chance, but you can still make a buttload of fucking money. Undercard fighters in boxing get paid what fucking main card fighters in the UFC get paid. Yep. And then some. Plus, with way more time off and way more benefits. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes sense from a business standpoint, but it also it hurts the industry, in my opinion, too. I mean, I feel like it hurts the brand a little, too. Like if you're claiming the UFC to be the best of the best, but you'd rather hang out a fucking, you know, two and oh, brand new motherfucker than somebody who's 25 and eight and just hit a three fight skid, you know? Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, you wouldn't have a fucking, you wouldn't have had fucking Jan Blahovich as champion ever. 
because they could have cut him a long fucking time ago, but they didn't. They almost did. They almost did. They, they almost told did. him flat out that if he lost the fight that turned his career around, that it was his walking papers. Exactly. So, I mean, it, without them giving those fighters that chance to turn around after three, you'd have a whole lot of fucking people that you'd never see at the top of the game. Yeah. You'd have the welterweight division right now. Yeah. Colby, Wonder Boy, Masvidal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all and those all guys were on three to four fight skids and were literally told openly, you're now fighting for your job. If you lose this next fight, you're fucking done. And they all won that fight and have turned around. But we're getting to the point where, like you said, they're giving less and less fighters that chance. Yeah. And to be quite honest, it sucks as a fan of the uh, a fan of the UFC. And I'll say it as of the UFC, not necessarily a fan of Dana White, but to know that watching, for the most part, we've always gotten literally the cream of the crop fighters. Because the UFC has always been the place for those guys to want to go. Now that's starting to change because you're starting to see really good fighters go to other fucking organizations and willingly a la Sergio Pettis, which ironically fights tomorrow. So, I mean, um, there's there's some really good fucking fighters out there that are willing to step away from it because they know it's going to be better for them in the long run other, other places. And they're going to make more other places. So, to be quite honest, I'm not mad that the UFC is cutting those people because, to be honest, they're going to make a better living with other organizations. They'll make better living with fucking 1FC. Well, hell, Corey Anderson came out and got almost viral for it. His first fight in Bellator, his paycheck for his win bonus or for his win, his show and his win, because there was no like fight of the night bonus, just his regular contractual amount for that fight after he won was more than he had made for his last three fights in the calendar year for the UFC combined. So there are absolutely other ways to make way more money, not to mention PFL gives a million dollars of fucking weight class away every fucking year. There's absolutely ways to make more money than the UFC out there now. So there is not to mention Anderson's fighting for a title now. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said by saying, Hey, you know what? Fuck them. Go to a different organization. If they give you walking papers before your time, go to a different organization. Yeah. It's not as big of a deal as it used to be. It really isn't. Yeah, it used to be bad because it used to be the only show in town, but now you've got other shows that put on legitimately good fights. Now, yep. are their undercards as good as DFCs usually? No. But yeah. usually the top two, three fights on a card for those other organizations are usually pretty fucking solid. But yep. the only other place that the UFC hasn't beat still is on the undercard side of the house, but that's because their stable is also a lot bigger than these other brands. Yeah, literally tenfold or better in every situation. Yeah, I yeah, agree. which is why you get guys from the contender series that have lost fights and eventually make it on, or you didn't make it on in the Ultimate Fighter, but we're going to let you fight anyways. We're going to bring you up on another card and send you to Fight Island anyways. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, fucking weird situation. <laughs> I agree, but it yeah, it, it used to be if the UFC cut you, that was your black ball in the MMA world. Like, if the UFC didn't watch you anymore, that meant that you were just spent. You couldn't cut it. You couldn't get a fucking third-rate or a third-world organization to pick you up as a fucking B-lister at that point. And that's absolutely flipped the fucking script nowadays. There's almost more uh, 
eye is watching LFA cards, which ironically we've got one this weekend as well. Uh, then you see most UFC fight night cards because the hardcore casuals only watch the big pay-per-views these days. So it's interesting. It's interesting indeed. Then you've got other offshoot organizations that aren't really MMA, like fucking Submission Underground, that a lot of these guys can compete in. And Absolutely. that's easy old uncle chill's ready to write those 10k checks easy. i was gonna say he got a 10k stamp ready to go for you baby yeah a little metal that you get and that 10k fucking stamp for your check you're good to go yeah almost every fucking other weekend or so yeah so i mean there's other opportunities for these guys now that and to be quite honest some of them all the to be quite honest when some of them get cut i think you know what it's good you need a little rest you need a break to kind of get yourself back together right Go show your ass in a different organization and prove why you should have been there and that they shouldn't cut you because that way when they do try to bring you back, you have fucking leverage on them. That's right. Because that is, I will say, as shitty as it is that the UFC is willing to cut a motherfucker the second they look like they're not making money for the company anymore, they're one, and I can't even call it a redeeming quality, I'll just say a beneficial trait (laughs) is that uh, if you go to another organization and you kick ass and take names, they will come back with the quickness and offer you another contract at more than what you were making. Several, several fighters have actually shown like I was making X. Now I'm making X plus fucking Y on every fucking fight. And I'm getting better fight offers right out of the gate now that I'm back. So they, there is a chance if you go out there and do the damn thing, you can get pulled back in. It is. I mean, to be quite honest, like normal Corey Anderson, I'll, I'll use Corey Anderson as an example. If he were to win the title over there and defends it like three, four times in a row, Dana White would be over there crawling on his fucking hands and knees all up in his DMs going, hey, how much do I have to pay you? And Corey Anderson will go, you can't fucking afford me. Yeah, you don't have a truck big enough anymore, Dana. <laughs> no. And even fuck, he doesn't even have to win the title right now. Where he's showing at already, yeah. Dana should already be on his hands and knees. But yep, Dana's yeah, with what he's with what he's done in the little time he's been over there already. Absolutely, it's made Dana look very foolish. Yep, for not paying people well enough. I'm just saying. Well, you're not a needle mover. Well, you know what? Neither are you, son bitch. Neither are you. <laughs> right, right. Well, actually, we'll talk about his needle moving just a little bit too, but. uh uh, to get back to a little bit of news here before we get too far derailed. Um, another very, very interesting fight that got announced this week that I'm very, very excited to see how it's going to play out. Um, on the March 5th card, we will see the return of one Edson Barbosa Jr. taking on Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell himself, fresh off the release of his first rap single album. The song, not so exciting. The matchup, very exciting. (laughs) Depending on where that ends up, that as far as the matchup, I don't give two flying fucks about his weird country rap bullshit. It is. Look, the dude's a phenomenal fighter. If he gets it to the ground, Edson Barboza is fucked. Absolutely derailed fucked. We've watched him work people who are supposed to be better grapplers or top tier grapplers 
and just absolutely decimates them. Damn near gets them in twisters. On he, he damn near puts a twister on everybody. Yeah, that he like, learned on YouTube. You know what? We should be calling him not Thug Nasty, the Arkansas Tornado, because that motherfucker is always looking to put down the twister, and I fucking love it. But you know what? They, he's got to worry about twisters while he's on his feet, because you know what? Them spinning kicks from Edson are fucking real. I was going to say, Bryce is the spinner on the bottom. Bryce is that twister when it's on the ground, but yeah, Edson Barbosa is that spinner when it's on the feet. That man has got one of the most dangerous wheel kicks in the fucking business. We can call it the funnel cloud versus the tornado because the tornado is not anything until it hits a ground. It's not a tornado. It's just a funnel cloud. Right. Standing up on one side, the funnel cloud versus the tornado ground happy. I see where you're going with that. I like it. I like it. I like it. There's a storm of brewing. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Watch out for flying cows. Oh, I'm telling you, we got cows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good shit. Um, next one I want to get to real quick here um, is actually relevant for a couple of reasons, even though it might not seem like it, seem like it at first glance. See, words are hard live sometimes. Um, the March 26th UFC card has its main event booked in the form of one Jan Blahovich coming off fresh off the loss of his light heavyweight title, taking on one Alexander Rakich coming fresh off of a denial of a rematch of Anthony Smith and call out by several other fucking fighters. Um, Rakich and Smith had already verbally agreed to their rematch publicly. So it's not like it was a whisper in the fucking closet. They Twitter agreed to that shit right out of the gate after Smith's last fight. Um, I think that's a good rematch. I'm not saying Rakich doesn't deserve a chance to fight up, but I think he owes Smith that rematch. Um, And I think Rakich is a little low for Blahovich to be fighting, coming fresh off a title loss as well. Uh, twofold my my issues with that match um i i fucking still love young i don't give a shit if he's got that fucking belt around his waist or not i am a fucking polish power fan i love fucking jan blahovich that man is a fucking monster and i'm here for him as long as he's here in the fucking ufc and whatever um i have no problem with alexander rakich uh, other than we know for a fact he has now denied like I think they said he turned down three contracts in a row or two contracts in a row and then had two contracted fights offers and then this verbal agreement with Anthony Smith. And then after that, and sitting on the sidelines for I think he's been out like 14 months now, uh, he jumps directly into a fight with the guy coming off of the title loss. And this might also be the UFC's way of saying, hey, Blahovich, you win this, we're going to give you a, a rematch right away for the title, which I'm okay with that part of it. To be quite honest, oh, yeah. he's earned that. I, I agree. If we go up here on March 26th and Blahovich, Polish powers, Rakich into sleep right away, give that man a cookie and a rematch. Like, <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the the Rakich getting a rematch, uh, like getting this fight, it, Look, jump. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely he definitely jumped the stoops there a little bit. And I think there's there's something to be said about that where the UFC needs to do a little um little deep dive into what the fuck they're doing. 
I think there's a little string pulling in the background for this matchup to have fallen into place the way that it is. And right away, John right black in there. Yeah, it's there's some fuckery afoot, I believe. Yeah, it definitely does not make sense. Like, if you're looking at the rankings, it makes no sense at fucking all. I mean, because just looking at the light heavyweight division, of course, you've got fucking Glover right now as the champ, and deservedly so, because Polish power left his Polish power in the fucking dressing room. You got Yuri Prohachka right behind him. And Yuri, look, as much as I hated to say it, as much as I hate to say it, the dude's legit. He has a weird fucking style. But he is obviously legit because he's finishing motherfuckers at the top tier. Doing work, yeah, he's doing work to top tier dudes. Agreed. I, I was not, I was not a fan at first. I'm not ashamed to admit I was not a fan at first. But the dude backs up the shit that he talks, so I gotta respect that. I got no fucking choice. And then how is Rakich still fucking ranked above fucking uh goddamn Anthony Smith? Just saying that fucking look. Anthony Smith has won three fights in a row now since, yeah. since his last loss, I think, right? Or was it four? He might be on a four-fight win streak since the loss. Uh, no, it was it was three. Because um, Rakich was his last loss. Yeah. But Rakich has also been on the sideline since that fucking fight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then Smith has won three since then. I, that's why I'm saying, like, I think that rematch – made a lot of fucking sense if Rakich wants to stay on the sidelines for a minute cool but the dude that you just beat has won three while you're sitting out and he wants next he fucking earned it yeah to be honest i think smith earned his rematch shot there and the ufc is fucking like big time because there's no reason why he shouldn't be getting the Rakich fight right now i mean not to mention there's no reason why Rakich should be getting Blahovich. Rakich shouldn't even get Yuri Prohachka at this point either, because Prohachka is fucking well above him right now. I agree. I it's, agree. Rakich shouldn't be even looking at a top five contender, in my opinion. No, to be like, quite honest, after being out for 14 months, I could see him at five. Because yeah. I think they've got the fucking rankings a little fucked up right now. But, you know, I mean. Agreed. The fucking the light heavyweight division is kind of a weird fucking stack of shit right now. Place to be, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you've got some legitimate badasses in there, but they can't seem to put their shit together. A lot of Dominic Reyes, fucking um, even Nikita Krylov, he's fucking been kind of up and down. And I mean, you, you got some. Although I will say that I think the one that people are looking over a lot in that division right now. The bear Jew, because he's been slowly and silently moving his way up the fucking ranks there. And everybody thought, oh, because he lost a couple when he first came into the UFC. He's that same kind of thing we were talking about earlier, where he was close to being cut and got his shit back together. And now he's rolling. I'm going, people are overlooking him right now. And I think, to be quite honest, those guys that are up at the top need to start paying attention to him. Well, and the other thing about the bear Jew that people forget is those couple that he lost in a row when they first brought him in was because they threw him right to the goddamn wolves. He didn't get no fucking contender series opponents. He didn't get no fucking 0-2 guys that were getting ready to get cut. He didn't get no last-minute fucking debuts. He was getting fucking top 20, top 15 contenders right out of the goddamn gate. So, yeah, he had a bit of a stumbling period, but he got his fucking foot underneath him, clearly, and he's got his pace now. So, yeah, I agree. Berger is definitely one to keep your fucking eyes on for sure. No, that whole division is is a little weird to begin with. I agree. And and the whole top end of it now is <sighs> who fucking knows where it's going. But 
right. We'll see. Um, we got an official announcement uh, in the last week, beginning of this week. Um, starting in 2022, a la next month, uh, Kevin Holland is officially going to stay at welterweight. No more bouncing around, no more going back and forth. Uh, he has got a official nutritionist. He's got a whole team behind him. They've got him a regiment set up, and he has already said that the reason he liked fighting at 185 was because it allowed him to be lazy. He literally didn't have to do anything and he could walk on the scale and make 183 pounds like it was nothing. So he likes fighting at 170 because it holds him, makes him hold himself accountable. Now he's got a nutritionist and a team to help him do it properly and help him stay there. We've seen what a motivated Kevin Holland can do. Now he's got a team and a fucking nutritionist behind him. We could be seeing Kevin Holland 2.0 coming out from whipping ass and taking names in 2022. Yeah, I'm glad about that because you know what? That 170 division, that welterweight division, they're going to have to pay attention now. Because there's a lot of young, hungry motherfuckers with a lot of talent in that welterweight division right now. And Kevin Holland coming in and cementing himself as a welterweight is not making it any easier, excuse me, any easier for those old dogs trying to cement their status in there. It, it's going to get real interesting real quick next year, I think. Beginning of next year is going to get real interesting for welterweight. Yeah, and to be quite honest, that welterweight division right now, they need to do something with that, especially what's for what's sitting at the top. Look, I get it. The two best guys that are in welterweight, in my own opinion, love them or hate them, are legitimately ranked champion and number one for a fucking yeah. reason. Because nobody has put up a better fight row, yeah. in that fucking division than those two. However, they have the likes of fucking um, Bilal Muhammad in there. Fucking, you've got uh, Kamzat Maya. There's there's some legitimate bad motherfuckers over there. Um, I mean, fuck that are working on their way. Even you go farther down the list, what is it? Uh, is it? Muslim right Sal- Salikov. He's fucking starting yeah, to make Salikov a run. Salikov is working his way up as well. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a they've got a good fucking run there. And then you have some weird shit happening there towards the top, like fucking Michael Chiesa getting fucking beat, which fuck, I did not see that one coming. I was going to say, who the fuck saw that coming? Realistically, realistically, yeah. who the fuck saw that coming? <laughs> yeah, it was, that was not what I was expecting. I was expecting him to get a lot closer towards that fucking shot at the title. Yep. Instead, we're probably going to see fucking Leon Edwards or Vicente Luque. And they're going to skip right over Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because, God forbid, they give that man a fucking title shot. I will say, though, uh, he jumped at the chance to fight fucking Belial. And I think that could be a really fun fight, too, because Belial's going to want to charge in and keep it on the feet. And Wonderboy could just as easily kick him from a distance or go to the ground with you and get some fucking jits on. Um it could get real interesting with Belial and Wonder Boy was like, I'll fucking take it. I don't care. I'm taking anybody at this fucking point. Belial was like, cool, let's do it. Yeah, because the UFC basically shelved fucking Thompson and he's yeah. a top five fucking contender there. It Absolutely. makes no sense. I'm like, yeah, there's so many fights that he could have had in that top five vicinity. They, to be quite honest, he should have been fighting for the belt already. In my own personal opinion. 
I think he should have gotten a shot at, at Kamaru Usman long before uh, Colby Covington got a rematch, especially with no fights in between. Yep. Uh, fuck it. I mean, the dude, the dude's literally been what shelved for what a year now, basically. A year and change. Or, yeah. Or wait a minute, was his last fight was at the beginning of this year, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was early this year. So he's almost up in the year. Oh yeah. I mean, he's. Yeah, it's a fucking weird situation. So, to be quite honest, I hope he gets a fucking title shot here soon because he's one of the few that have not gotten their right. To, and I call it a right at this point because pretty much it seems like anybody who gets near the top, they're like, here, have a title shot. Here, have a title shot for is especially in that Yeah. Especially <laughs> in fucking the welterweight division. You know, that's all I'm saying. It's a fucking weird thing. Right. Yeah, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how 2022 plays out in the UFC for sure for a couple of divisions for exactly that reason. Um, we got a pair of announcements uh, over the last couple days here uh, of departures from the UFC for a pair of very different reasons, but both are gonna be uh, fairly impactful. I feel um, the first one. We got the official announcement this week that Felicia Spencer has officially retired from MMA at 30. Um, She said that she knows she can absolutely keep going and put on plenty more good fights, but she knows that several of her last fights have been absolute five round slug out wars and that those aren't good for your brain. And that even though she could, for her long-term mental health, she probably shouldn't. And financially, she doesn't need to, so why? I cannot blame her one fucking bit. That's one of the smartest things that has been done in recent times, in my opinion. She understands I'm fully capable of continuing fighting, but if I do, there's a literal cost to my faculties, and I don't want to pay that cost be quite honest that's that's a brilliant fucking move my hats off to her and i wish her nothing but the best moving forward sucks because she was one of the few that i will say with a little bit more time could have possibly have given fucking nunez a run for her money yeah yeah could have been real fucking interesting with a little bit of polishing i agree and and that same stroke you also have to think that having heard Dana literally say, what was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago, that if Amanda decides that she's going to retire, he's closing 145. Point blank, yeah. period. Like, he literally came out and finally fucking said, when Amanda decides she's done defending the 145 belt, we're just going to close the division. And the girls can either come back down to 135 or they can go fight for another organization. It doesn't matter either way. He doesn't care because there's six of them. Because, you know, God forbid you actually fill a division that you created just so you could have a double champ. Right. No shit. Um, But the other side of that weird pair of announcements was the UFC has officially cut Kevin Lee. Um, Not only did he talk a whole bunch of shit and then miss weight moving up in weight classes, but then got the fuck beat out of him by D-Rod on short notice, might I add, which was just chef's kiss, like perfect addition to that insult. 
Uh, and then after that, we found out that his dumbass forgot to file for a therapeutic use exemption for the Adderall. He's been prescribed for, what was it, like eight years now? And in moving up in weight classes, it changed the amount that would be in his blood. And he tested positive violation for a performance enhancing supplement. Since he didn't have a therapeutic use exemption, he got a six month suspension and 15 grand in fines. And the USC was like, you know what? No, 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 we're, we're good. You know where Kevin Lee fits into all this in Bellator. <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't say that I'm sad. Um, I do think that if he seriously puts some work in, Kevin Lee could be a legitimate contender in Bellator. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. That, I think he may be one of those rare exceptions to the rule where even if he goes to Bellator and kicks ass and takes name, I think Dana White is done with the Kevin Lee business. I think he's like out good i mean the plus side is at least we know where he fits into all of this right yeah on the other side <laughs> to be quite honest i'm not sad to see the dude go i the the amount of bullshit that he's caused for the ufc and missing weights and fuckery just fuckery plain old fuckery say the general fuckery yeah yeah it, it hasn't been worth it because look it's worth it if you're winning, winning, putting fucking asses in the seats and making money, you weren't checking those boxes. There's a reason why they let Connor get away with fucking retarded, ridiculous bullshit and yet still keep fighting. And he'll probably get a fucking title fight again when he comes back after the broken leg saga. There's a good chance. Fucking money. He talks, he puts asses in the seats and he sells fucking tickets. He sells pay-per-views. Kevin Lee, you don't do any of those. Sorry about your luck, man. Use your fucking brain next time. Apply for your therapeutic use exemptions. It's not that fucking hard. You're not... You're literally just being dumb. You're absolutely being fucking dumb. Period. I'm not going to call you stupid, because stupid can be fixed. Dumb cannot. It's natural. Yeah, they said it was literally less than five minutes worth of clicks that he could have done online on the USADA website under his athlete profile. Yeah, it, it, it's it was just a matter of being lazy. So he's literally got 15 grand in fines. He got a six month suspension from anything. And he got cut from the UFC from being a dumbass and not spending five minutes on a computer. You know, had he probably done that, even with the loss and missed weight, they probably would have kept him. But when you had that placing on top to say, yeah, that might have been enough to save him. But yeah, no, this case, um, your lack of pen was definitely not mightier than the sword. (laughs) No, no, not not at all. (laughs) Um, We got a trio of announcements this week of people punching their ticket to the Backstreet Boys reunion. Uh, Matt Brown got himself out of this weekend's fucking fight because he tested positive. No longer immortal. Uh, yeah, def- definitely, definitely mortal now. <laughs> um, Diego Sanchez got himself a case, ended up getting hospitalized for it, was pretty fucking rough. Apparently was on a ventilator for a while, like legitimately, no like Joshua Fabia, like legitimately. 
in trouble for a while. Um, and then just yesterday confirmed the dickhead boss himself, Dana White, has tested positive for corona. <sighs> well, you know, I can't say that I'm surprised. No, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, it's it's almost to be expected with those particular three. My as much as I hate to be this guy, I'll say it. I've known for a long time, probably since about three months into the whole Backstreet Boys reunion tour, that everybody eventually will punch their own ticket. It's going to happen, inoculated or not. That's just how that works. You're going to catch it how it comes about but when you're in a spot of public fucking eye you should be doing everything you can to not fucking punch your ticket and i get it it's gonna happen you don't always know where the shit comes from it is what it is but at the same time dude keep that shit to yourself say i've got other business plans you don't need to put that shit out in the news when you're a person that interacts with literally hundreds of people every day yeah, that rate tracing had to be fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like you can only play Russian roulette so many times before you're going to win. That's how it works. Eventually, yep. it's not a click. It's a bang. Like you're doing the same exact thing when you're literally interacting with hundreds of people from around the world yeah, every not- day. Like Dana does. Not like it's a select few that you work with type Right? <laughs> no, you're literally, you. it's some fucking random Tom, Dick, or Harry that fucking stepped into your office for whatever god unforsaken reason. Or you're walking through somewhere and you stop and talk to everyone in the fucking crowd like he does every time he goes out any fucking where. Oh, well, that, that is one good thing about him, though. He will stop and talk to fans. These, That's true. That's true. You can always get a word with him for the most part. Even if it's a, no, you're a fucking idiot, because he calls you an idiot, but, you know. Right, right, it, yeah. It, yeah. Dude will I mean, stop and talk. So I mean, Yeah, you got to pay the cost for the interview. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that cost for the interview is uh, punching your own ticket. That's so, right. That's right. It is oh. what it is. Yeah. What are you well, gonna do with I, I wish him every one of them the best because you know it's I don't absolutely. want to see fucking go down from yeah, no, absolutely. We don't wish we don't wish bad on any of them, but it's just ironic that those three in particular, knowing that their choices and the way that they live their lives, is how I'll phrase that. Uh, and then for all three of them to have ended up getting it in the same week. There's a, a palpable sense of irony in that, I think, but I'm also kind of an asshole, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, speaking of assholes, though, um, we did get a pair of asshole announcements that I am going to use to finish out my section of news here. Um, both, ironically, now former UFC fighters um, in asshole of the year caliber moments. The first of which... Um, Anthony Rocco Martin, uh, upon being released from the UFC and then picked up by PFL, and then now I believe being released from PFL as well, uh, decided to get himself shit can drunk at Caesars Palace over the holiday weekend. And when a security guard came upon him in broad daylight in the middle of a hallway, taking a piss against the wall and asked him 
what the fuck he was doing. He turned around, pissed on the security guard's shoe, and then punched him in the throat and said, whatever the fuck I want, get out of here, bitch. Needless to say, he's now currently sitting in the Las Vegas jail, <laughs> Clark County jail, uh, wherever they've, they've placed him. He was officially fucking arrested, you fucking idiots. Um stupid games win stupid prizes yeah i was gonna say that's not a situation where we feel bad for you that's you do dumb shit you get dumb prizes back out of it so hey here you go enjoy to be quite honest i've been shit can drunk in las vegas before i get it but don't piss in the fucking hallway of the fucking casino the urge to do dumb shit in vegas is strong if you've been there for more than 24 hours straight i get it shit you can get into trouble in less than six there Oh yeah, if you're if you're determined. <laughs> yeah, it don't take much. Just saying, as many free drinks as they hand out around that place. Fuck. Fuck yeah, you know how to smile and walk through a casino. You don't have to pay much for alcohol for sure. Oh, that's for sure. Fuck. Um, the other asshole half of this though, um, not quite as funny, but still, I feel needs to be talked about here. Um. I'm not going to call him by his fucking nickname because he doesn't deserve that anymore. Um, Luis Pena, um, for the third time since June of this year, was arrested for battery, domestic battery, and battery with intent to cause harm in Florida for the same girlfriend that he is with that he got arrested for last time over breaking her phone because she was looking at other dudes on Instagram and the same chick that she, that he was with in June that he started a fight with because some other random dude spam bot DM'd her account and he lost his fucking mind and punched a hole through a car window. Uh, so turns out uh, Luis Pena is a little bit of a piece of shit and genuinely needs some professional help. So I'm, I'm not going to make fun of him. I'm not going to give him the, the nickname, any shit here. Uh, I think this is one of those situations where we see a guy who is obviously naturally drawn to something like MMA, who it turns out genuinely needs some serious help. And this is a perfect example of that. Um, three times since June, same thing, same situation. To be honest, if I ever see him in any organization i'll stop work checking that organization as a whole. oh yeah no nobody better ever fucking sign him ever again he's he's earned himself a black ball in any professional organization with any sense of integrity however forever period at this point however there are stupid organizations ufc fucking included that will hire wife beaters will hire those fucking domestic abusers people who beat their children their wives their dogs whatever because oh well they're a good fighter no fuck that fuck that nonsense those people do not deserve to be able to use a great skill when they're using it as a form of abuse elsewhere it's not acceptable look the dude needs help I hope he gets it, but I hope he never steps foot in a fucking cage, a boxing ring, anything that involves violence. He should not be allowed near, period. I hope they put that motherfucker on a permanent ban list as he goes through trial, just so that way he understands the amount of stupid 
fucking idiocracy that he's pulled. Yeah, that he's put himself into. Yeah. And it's nobody else's fault but his own. You can't control your shit. And I I hate the point fingers, but uh, what the fuck is the name of that fucking... um, that girl obviously has a little bit of a, a syndrome herself. Like, I feel bad for my fucking abuser type situation. Otherwise, oh, she would, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, yeah there Stockholm. you go. That's the word. She's got a little bit of Stockholm there's, syndrome. Yeah, I hope they clearly, send somebody to get her. There's clearly issues on the other side of this as well. I'm not excusing her behavior because clearly she is feeding into this, being involved in the same situation this many times over this short of a period of time. She clearly knows what's going on as well. So we're not uh, excusing her behavior in this either. Uh, but. I, I'm not saying she has, has had any bad behavior because I don't know what she did. We just have the alleged. We know right. I wasn't a fly on the wall. I didn't see it happen. Right. But knowing what the actual truths are that are out there, the breaking of the phone, the breaking of the fucking car window, those types of things. Yeah, there's definitely some Stockholm syndrome because otherwise you still wouldn't be there. I'm just saying. You yeah. you'd have fucking cut ties and ran. I get it. At the time. He was making good UFC money. Right. And people know who he is. So you wanted to be side piece. I get it. But at this time, it's time to cut ties there. I hope she gets the help she needs to. Uh, namely, um, uh, some movers and a mental health expert who can help her with that Stockholm syndrome. Worst case scenario, Walmart sells duffel bags for $5 and Greyhound will take you anywhere in the country one way for $59. That's it. Been there, done that. Trust me, I know for a damn fact it's plausible. It can be done. <laughs> I have uprooted that way before. It's plausible. I, so and I'm, I honestly, no. as much as the opinion thing pisses me off, I wish him the best. I really do, but I hope he never fights again a day in his fucking life. No, that's why I said this is one of those situations where I'm I'm not talking about this because I want to make fun of the guy. I'm talking about this because this needs to be covered because I genuinely hope that he does get the help that he needs, but this is a perfect example of he needs help. He doesn't need to be ridiculed and fucking signed by Bellator and brought back into fight world. He needs professional help genuinely. And no, otherwise he's going to end up like some other MMA fighters who have gotten themselves in way worse trouble by killing somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to mention that. We're trying to. I'm just saying there, there's names out there where people are sitting in prison for that right now that formerly fought for major MMA promotions. So definitely needs help and don't go, don't keep doing the same shit. It's literally the definition of insanity. If you're thinking you're going to get a different result, it, you're doing the same thing over and over. Go get the help you need so you can get out of that fucking situation. You're in the both of you. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I said. I, I didn't bring this up to, to make fun of the guy to, to shit on him all down. I brought it up to, to make the point here that this is a situation where there needs to be more mental health involved in combat sports, I feel. Uh, not just in the sports psychologist side of things, like obviously on the exit side of things. Uh, I, I feel exactly the same way about a lot of combat military. If you've seen active combat, I feel there should be a lot of mental health available for you when you come back because that's a traumatic experience that not a lot of people have to deal with. So not a lot of people understand, but it's traumatic nonetheless. But that's another conversation for another show. Um, But that being said, uh, that's what I've got for the news roundup here. Uh, Do you have anything over there that I missed? 
Um, not that I can think of that I want to talk about. I mean, don't. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the whisperings of the Moreno fucking Figurato 3? And I say whisperings because, I mean, right. they're talking it's about confirmed and unconfirmed at this point. Yeah. To be quite honest, I'm okay with it, but I'm not at the same time. I'm ready to let um, Moreno go in there and do his thing now and let Figueredo fight one other guy and then come back for a trilogy. But, you know, I mean, the first fight, yeah. I mean, and I say trilogy loosely. Right. Because right. this would be a fucking fourth fight, man. I mean, well, uh, this would be a fucking... Uh, a, a, yeah, this would be a trilogy, but, I mean, it's not really like uh, there's a, a, a lopsided fucking wrong call or anything on the way either one of those fights played out. I mean, so I mean, it is what it is, but to be honest, I don't think it comes to fruition the way that everybody thinks. However, you know what? I will say Moreno did have one of the best one-liners ever. He's a my best fucking sponsor ever. He's paying my fucking house note, my car bills. <laughs> I'm like, what? That was some backhanded fucking shit, and I loved it. Yeah, and he did it in the time. nicest way possible, too. It was fucking fantastic. I agree. Uh, I also feel like, though, that, in my opinion, is kind of a good example of... A lot of people might not realize it, but we kind of saw the same exact thing happen to Figueredo because we talked about it on this show when Figueredo was getting his chance to originally go up for the belt when it was back to Benavidez and bullshit, they were showing clips of Figueredo riding his fucking water buffalo across his fucking farm property, just being a fucking good old boy, doing his damn thing, not a fuck to be given, straw hanging out of his goddamn mouth, you know, living his best fucking life. And then once he got that belt wrapped around his waist, you didn't see him without his fucking Ray-Bans on and he opened a gym and he opened a hair salon and he opened a restaurant and he bought a bunch of cars and he started investing and he started living that silk sheet life. And sure enough, he goes back against Moreno. Moreno got him. But as soon as Moreno got that fucking belt wrapped around his waist, he went from the humble nerd who just wanted to be nice to everybody and do good to everybody to the guy who beat everyone that was put in front of him, the champion that no one can stop, the guy who's the best in the world, the guy who's now earning money off of his haters to he's getting that ego edge that we've seen that belt. Like the belt is cursed, I swear to God. Because as soon as they close that motherfucker, you watch it start to turn whoever the fuck is wearing it little bit by little bit. And it's like, as soon as that fucker came off of Figueredo, he snapped back into, oh shit, I fucked up and I lost. Now I got to get back to the grind. And in the meanwhile, we've seen Moreno, who used to be the nice humble guy, get that kind of cocky little Henry Cejudo-esque, I'm the fucking best attitude all of a sudden. And it's like, I, I wonder, like, if they bring this up in February and put it on the, the pay-per-view in February, like they're rumoring, is this going to be a situation where the shoe's on the other foot, where those silk sheets have started to spoil Moreno a little bit too much, and he's getting a little big in his britches now because he's the champ, I say with air quotes for those listening. And well, he's lost a little bit of that drive. Meanwhile, Figueredo has been back on the grind, hungry again. And we might see another fucking flip-flop here at the top again. Especially in the flyweight division, this whole team. Yeah, of it, all divisions it, to see it go like that, yeah. 
the flyweight division I've noticed is a lot like that, where people seem all right. I mean, minus when Cejudo was there, but that's well, that's, that's another. Yeah, that's that's, that's just a piece of shit as a whole. <laughs> you put a fucking lipstick on a pig; it's still a fucking pig. Same concept. Uh, but yeah, no, the, this division as a whole, you see a lot of really nice guys coming up. I mean, and they're great fighters, but man, it is. It's kind of like fucking the ring. And wonder rule them all, but it's going to fuck you up mentally. And that seems to be the case. And don't get me wrong. I like seeing that little bit of swagger at the top, that little bit of fucking. I'm saying if you got the belt, you had to have earned it. So I understand there's a little bit of fuck you that comes with it that you're entitled to. But. But then again, break I mean, the fuck you meter a little bit. I, the other part of that, though, is looking at the flyweight division, though, to be quite honest, it's only like the top five, six guys that are in there that are worth watching right now. I mean, you you get anything below Kaikar France, there's not a whole lot going on down there. I mean, it's... It's a rotating circle of new guys down in the bottom half. Basically. Yeah, but those 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 top five, six, seven, yeah, those those are worth the price of admission. But I mean that that division definitely needs a little more help. They need to get some more um stacking going on in there to bring some, some milk. Yeah, and there there's some interesting things that could go on over there, and that whole one uh, one belt to rule them all right now is definitely fucking with the champs at every fucking turn. Yeah. Well, I'll say those backhanded comments are fucking great, though. I, <laughs> I all think it, angles. I think doesn't matter which one's holding the belt. They've always had some really good backhanded comments. Oh, yeah. Although, I will say, good on Figueredo for um, opening up a hair salon, though, being as that's what he was doing before he was fighting. Good on you, man. Same with the sushi, same with the sushi restaurant. Yeah. He did sushi after he did hair, so he opened one of each. Yeah. What he knew, he invested his money back into in his fucking home world. So, like, hey, good the fuck on you, dude. I get it. Like, fuck yeah, because it's best wisely going. You know how the business should run. So, yep. So those are good investments that'll keep you sleeping in those nice sheets even after you're done with the UFC. So, damn right, damn right. That's doing it smart for sure. Oh, but uh, that being said, we have actually got. Uh, despite us being here to talk about primarily the UFC card this weekend, we've actually got four cards taking place in the next 48 hours. Um, taking place first thing tomorrow morning because of the time difference on the other side of the world, we've got the one championship event that originally was going to have the Demetrius Johnson kickboxing MMA, kickboxing MMA match, but had gotten postponed now. Uh, the event is still going on. Stamp Fairtex is still competing. So if you're looking to see some crazy fucking fights first thing tomorrow morning, they are out there. And um, they start at 7.30 Eastern, right? Yeah, 7.30 Eastern tomorrow morning. It's butt crack at dawn early, but they're out there. I'm going to miss those ones. Right. <laughs> um, but then tomorrow evening... We have got Bellator 272 kicking off with some interesting matchups over there as well. Then, just a little bit after Bellator, we have got LFA 119 with several former UFC fighters that you will recognize, including the one and only Alpha Ginger himself, Spike Carlisle out there uh, doing the damn thing again. Um, And then we have got coming up on Saturday evening, the UFC event that we are here, our namesake 
reason for the season, marquee event, if you will, uh, the fight night. <sighs> I, I, I just, I got to show you. Uh, for those of you who are looking, it's the Fulton oh, card. Um, this, and I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is not something that I have photoshopped. This is not anything I had anything to do with. This is the official UFC released fight poster for this weekend's card. There we go. It should be on the screen for everybody now. Roll uh, that beautiful Fulton Doe. Apparently, they didn't learn for Don't Dead Open Inside. Uh, they Fulton Doe the fucking fight poster for this card, guys. <sighs> And no, they're not talking about Nick Fall, the quarterback. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're not that lucky. This this doesn't make that much sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, just ridiculous all the all the way around here. I think you got the Spike Carlisle thing mixed up though. He's on the Bellator card, not the LFA card. Oh shit! I knew he's fighting this weekend. I thought he was on. That's what it is. He's on. He got picked up by uh, Bellator. Which is a good spot for him because, to be honest, he's going to cause a lot of problems over there. And to be honest, still, I don't think he, they're not covering him enough. Still. Yeah, he's still got a lot of potential in the gas tank. He just needs, he's just rough around the edges, really. Yeah. And I still don't see why the UFC cut him. Look, he was putting on exciting fucking fights. The dude was putting asses in the seat, in my own opinion, but might not have been winning but he was putting asses in the seats because he was putting up some exciting shit but definitely be a uh i think he's going to do a lot better in bellator especially getting those rough edges ground off i don't remember who the fuck it was on there's somebody on the fucking lfa card that i was looking forward to i can't remember the top man but yeah no there's there's some decent fights on Bellator card. There's some decent fights on the LFA card. There's some fucking bangers on the fucking uh, one championship card first thing tomorrow morning. And then we've got some interesting matchups on the UFC card for this weekend. Um, I was hoping we would see the kid by now, but I am not seeing him. We've got no word in the messages, which definitely sucks. Um, in this situation, I think we've got no choice but to have a, a half-hearted session of the pit and force the kid to have homework here because we've got some interesting fights that can be talked about this weekend still. Yeah, there's still some interesting ones out there. I mean, because that's, they're, I don't say most of the interesting ones are, to be quite honest, I think on the Bellator card, in my opinion. Well, Pretty much. no, there's a, there's a few on the UFC card as well, but yeah. Although they have a fuck ton of fights on that UFC card for being a fucking fight night card. They really do. I was just looking at that. I just pulled those cards up right now as well. There's 15 fights as of right now with nothing dropped out at the moment. 15 fights on the fight night card for the UFC. Only 11 on the Bellator card. Which is funny because most of the UFC cards recently have been 11 and 12 fight cards total. Even the pay-per-views where we had early prelims, prelims, and then a main card, there was like 12 fights on the fucking whole thing. So yep. now all of a sudden we get 15 the week before another pay-per-view. Go figure. 
trying to get everybody there probably to meet their contracts in the last fucking week. And that's why they've been shuffling things around because those guys were contracted to fight however many times in a calendar year. Yeah, people that have to have their fights offered to them within a calendar year. Got to get them in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's see. Well, since the kid's not here, we're going to have to do this half-assed. But this is the point where the audio listeners are actually deprived of the same experience that the video viewers, whether they're live or replay catchers, get in the form of the terrifyingly, disturbingly evil gif that rolls across the screen at this point when we change from a friendly news-oriented show into a competitive cutthroat game of death and MMA destruction that is the pit. This is the point where we go from just educating and informing to having a little bit of competitive edge, keeping it on the light side, though, generally. Um, Given a chance to talk about some of the fun things coming up this weekend while also making it a little bit of a back and forth and get opinions on differing things. Um, so without the kid here to make this an actual fucking competition, TJ and I are going to have to go back and forth and let the kid come back for homework. So for the first question we like to do around here, we're going to do a, a spinoff of that general variation that we like to um, in this situation, we've actually got four cards over the weekend, obviously the main two being the Bellator and the UFC cards. But uh, who do you think in this situation offers the better co-main event? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the UFC. Without a fucking goddamn shadow. I mean, look at the fucking matchup. I mean, you've got fucking Brad Quake Pridell and... Rafael Faziv, that dude talks trash and has a gas tank for fucking days, we found out. You look at his last fight out, when him and fucking, uh, what's his goddamn name, Green were going at it. Yeah. Dude, they both went deep in the gas tanks, but Rafael, that dude is fucking on another level. And to be quite honest, Oh, Quake better be fucking ready because I don't know if he's going to be able to handle him. I, that dude's legitimately a fucking danger to this division. Not right now. Just by the way he looked against Green, he's a very dangerous fucking man. And I don't know if Brad's going to be ready. Good luck to them both. And both sitting at a fucking 10 and 1 record, dude. This is going to see who, I think this fight right here will tell who gets into the top 10 into the division right now. Because a a good solid win with either one of them will push them up into the top 10. I agree. Uh, I think a win for either, well, I take that back. I I think a definitive win from either one of them would absolutely give a push. I think if we get a uh, 155-pound Lewis Ngannou where we get a stalemate of two fucking equal draws just dancing in a circle, I don't think anybody really wins in that one, but I think a, a lopsided winner, a dominant win for either one of those guys could make for a big push. Um, I do have to say, though, um, as cool as the 10 and 1, 10 and 1 is, I've got to say that Emmanuel Sanchez trying to make a second run back at 
featherweight over there trying to chase his way back up the rankings with Jamie Kennedy sitting at 16 and three, Emmanuel Sanchez at 20 and six. That's an interesting matchup, especially knowing that the top of that division is essentially locked with AJ McKee and Pitbull trying to get the run back going on while AJ is trying to run up and Pitbull already abandoned the 55 belt and let his brother fight for and win rigged. Uh, but that's another subject for another day. But we've got an interesting 145 pound division over on the Bellator side of things, whereas in the UFC, it's Max and it's Volkanovski again. And from there down, it doesn't really fucking matter. At least in the Bellator side of things, they are shaking it up. They have got constant circulation. And most of the guys on the Bellator 145 division are homegrown. They are guys that they have brought up within the Bellator rankings or brought up as relative new guys. And Scott Coker has kept on that payroll to build within the Bellator brand, not afraid to shell that money and let guys shine. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't see that, that that will definitely be an interesting matchup tomorrow night. I I thank God they're not on the same night, so I don't have to try to double screen it. Because yeah, no shit. That's those two fights happening. If they were if they were to be on the same day, happening at around the same time, Man. I wouldn't know which fight to watch. That, yeah, that'd be hard to pay attention to both sides. Because <laughs> yeah, to be quite honest, both of those fights are going to end up as fucking just um is. I won't say wild, but they're going to be hard to keep an eye on because, I mean, you've got a lightweight fight in um, Riddell and Fizev, and then you got on the other side of the house, you've got fucking a featherweight fight with Emmanuel Sanchez there and fucking Jeremy Kennedy. Those boys are going to go for fucking days. The lightweights go for days. Neither one of those two divisions generally gas out real easy. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, it'll be, be interesting. Be bangers both sides, I think. Thank God for a Friday and Saturday card back-to-back that way. <laughs> right? So thank God for a regular back-to-normal time Saturday fucking card, too. This is one of the few that we have had recently that's not at 9 o'clock in the fucking morning Eastern time in the UFC. Starting at fucking 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And yeah. We're back to regular 9 p.m. Central time fucking main card starts like we got used to for the last... 10 fucking years. <laughs> I'll say it. I've, I've said it and I'll say it again. Thank God for fucking ESPN Plus because you know what? A lot of those weird fucking timed cards, thankfully I'm able to go back and watch them because of ESPN Plus because right. a lot of times when they're in the middle of the fucking day on a Saturday, I can't watch that shit. I'm doing shit around my house. Fucking I will whatever. say once in a while, the early afternoon cards aren't the worst. But for a while there, we had a streak of like two months where every card started at like 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. Main card starting at 1 p.m. It's like, dude, I got shit I got to do on a Saturday. <laughs> like That's why I like fight Saturday nights. <laughs> There's still businesses open at Saturday during the day where I can get things done. Right. Oh, God. Back on the right side of the world again. <laughs> right, yeah. Now we're back over here doing everything normal American way again. Yeah, yeah uh, but it's my America and me. <laughs> right. But that brings us over to the second question, the other half of that coin, as it were. Um, with these two Friday and Saturday night cards, Bellator and UFC going on, uh, who actually has the better main event? Bellator, we have got Sergio versus Kyoji Horiguchi for that 135 belt. UFC, we have got Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. So I will take this one first. Um, 
I think both main events are going to be very entertaining, but the one that I think is going to be bigger, both in terms of the fight and the impact going forward is the Bellator fight. Um, Sergio Pettis absolutely undeniably earned his way into that belt and had great fucking plans to hold that thing for a long time coming. And then Hyoji Koriguchi left Ryzen officially to sign with Bellator, where he formerly held the belt that is literally sitting around Sergio Pettis' waist right now. Um, Hyoji Koriguchi not only said that he is coming back to take that belt from Sergio Pettis, that um, compared to all of the other major uh, 135-pounders in the world, including Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling, and TJ Dillashaw, that he is undoubtedly the best, that he just has to get Pettis out of the way, and then he will reign for a long, long time. And I have a hard time seeing that being disputed, and I really fucking like Sergio Pettis. I think of the, of the Pettis brothers, Sergio is the one with the legitimate talent, but Kyoji Horiguchi is a huge problem, and he wants his fucking belt back. It's going to be interesting. I'm hard pressed to go against that as being the. I can't. I can't say that the UFC is going to be more impactful, or they're both going to be entertaining fights without a shadow of a doubt. The one thing I will say about the UFC fight, um, Aldo and Font, doesn't make a goddamn bit of difference of who wins that fight. To be quite honest, neither one of them are going to get a title shot right away. They're going to have to wait for a Jan to run it back with fucking Sterling, and then they're going to have to wait because they're going to give. TJ, the next fucking shot there. Poor Corey Sandhagen sitting in between those fuckers, between Rob Font and them. He's going to get just shot to the wayside. He's going to end up being the fucking um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson of that division where he's going to sit on a shelf or get some illegitimate fight that's not worth his fucking time. But that Bellator fight, though, man. That, look... This is going to tell us how good Sergio Pettis really is. How much of a fight does he put up against Horiguchi? If he does well, puts up a great fucking fight, or even beats him, that's going to tell you he is most definitely the more talented of the Pettis brothers. And I, and I can't say that he's more talented because he came on at a different time. At the time when Sergio was at his reign, Fighters were different than what they are now. Where Sergio is at, these are a different breed of fighters that he's been fighting versus what his brother Anthony was fighting. Look, this is going to tell us how good Sergio is. We already know how good Horiguchi is, but this is going to tell us how good Sergio really is. I agree. Uh, I have a feeling the winner of Font and Aldo, regardless of who it is, is basically stamping their way to the next fight versus San Hagen. Because we already know that Jan and Sterling are lined up next. And we know that TJ is getting the winner of that regardless. Um, and with San Hagen just coming off the win, TJ still being on the shelf for a while, but obviously shoot in for the title shot over there. I feel like this is the, the next San Hagen match from the winner of this one here. But the UFC's done much dumber things for much better reasons. So, to be quite honest, I hope, I hope for Sandhagen's fucking benefit that he gets a fight with one of those two. I don't think it's going to happen though. 
I think he's going to end up being shelved and he's going to sit like fucking Wonder Boy is and kind of get fucking, you know, here, we'll give you these table scraps, the number seven ranked fighter or something, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it shakes loose, but that's another one we're going to have to wait a while before we find out. Uh, so that'll bring us to our third question that we like to go with around here. Uh, of all of these crazy fights with four big-ass fucking cards bringing us back this weekend, um, surely something slips through the cracks and just doesn't get the shine that it deserves. So what, in your opinion, is our dark horse fight of the weekend, the one that just isn't getting the love and is going to be an absolute fucking banger that people need to be aware of? You know what's funny? I haven't heard anybody mention his name all fucking week. Not once. Alex Morono. Have you get have you heard Alex Morono fucking mentioned it all this week? I don't think I have. Not oh, once. Yeah, he's fucking fighting a shitty Mickey Gall. And I say shitty Mickey Gall because Mickey Gall really is not fucking very good at all. He he looks great putting away people who have never fought MMA before. But I mean, that's fucking comparing a fucking goddamn piece of fucking aluminum to a piece of fucking goddamn platinum. Of course, it's going to look good. No, that, to be quite honest, I think Alex Morono has not been getting the due fucking coverage that he needs. The, the dude, he's got a he's a legitimately good fighter. He's just had some really tough fucking opponents. I mean, he's he, he put away fucking cowboy for Christ's sakes. How is he not getting any coverage? And why is he down here at the bottom of the barrel with fucking Mickey Gall? It's not getting the coverage it deserves, nor is he. No, I, I agree, especially since we've learned that uh, Alex Bruno, much like uh, James Krause, is not only a fighter, but an active coach running his own gym with his own genuine stable of fighters. And I think Alex Morono is up to like nine who are in the UFC and Bellator competing actively right now, as well as training himself to stay an active fighter. So I, I agree. Morono definitely deserves a lot more shine than he's getting for sure. Um, on the other side of that, though, um, there is a fight that is coming up that I don't I don't say this is my dark horse because I think it's going to be the best fight of the weekend. I say this is my dark horse because A, it's getting zero coverage from anyone across the board. And B, this is one of those that we are either going to get a 53 second explosion fast until someone goes to sleep, or we're going to get a run back of Lewis and Gano at light heavyweight. Um, I'm talking about Alonzo Menafield versus William Knight. Um, both of these are, as I like to refer to them, ice cream cone shaped motherfuckers with zero gas tank and zero to 60 faster than a fucking Tesla. These dudes both come in to bang hard as fuck, throwing everything they've got in the first 45 seconds and then spend the next two and a half rounds going <gasps> and throwing winging punches that don't do any goddamn damage. Um, it's either going to be spectacular in 45 seconds or boring as fuck for two and a half rounds and fun for 45 seconds. But either way, it's getting no publicity and it's going to be at least a little bit of fun. That might be why. 
Why do I want a fucking Ferrari when I can go out and buy a Lexus that's going to fucking actually be comfortable to sit in the whole time? Eh, not just it's, throw my head in the seat for a minute. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what both of these guys Both of these guys are a minute of hang on to your asshole intensity, power, and terrifying ability. And then quick nose dive. <laughs> and the, the great thing with that, though, is there is a high probability because these guys are both very young into their UFC career. You're not going to see an Nganu fucking Lewis moment. You're going to see yeah, guys no, that are still can... hungry because they're both still Wait. fucking hungry and they're both coming yeah. off a fucking win. So, I mean, it's that's going to be fucking that's somebody's going to somebody's going to sleep. I'll, I'll call it. I think somebody sleeps in the first <laughs> round. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I said. I, I think we're either going to get an exciting minute or we're going to get an entertaining minute and then two and a half rounds of, oh, man, are we still watching this? <laughs> and, uh, it, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Right. And it could be a barn burner in that first 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Save your popcorn for round two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, break. <laughs> right. Uh, but that brings us to the other half of that coin as well, as we often do around here. Um, when we've got so many fights on so many cards like this, uh, generally there is a couple that are just beyond oversold for no fucking reason. The cards, or the, the fights rather, that just get all the hype for none of the fucking logic. Um, there is generally one in everybody's opinion that is pumped up way more than it needs to be more than the others here. So we are looking for this time around the oversold or the wolf ticket match of the weekend, the fight that's getting all the love and it absolutely doesn't fucking deserve it here. Um, I will take this one first here. Um, I was actually torn because this is one of my questions that I always go to here. So I knew it was coming. Uh, and there's two that I was actually thinking of. I was actually initially going to talk about uh, Cheyenne Bays versus Mallory Martin right after my initial uh, Dark Horse fight. Um, but fuck both of them. I, I don't really have enough interest in either one of those. The one that I feel that is getting way more hype that it doesn't deserve um, is actually one that we referenced a little bit earlier here. Uh, Maki Patolo versus Dusko Todorovic, uh, the premier prelim fight. Um, I don't understand why this got premier prelim fight when there are so many other genuinely legitimate, interesting matchups on this card, even though it's still prelims, there's better fights on the prelim than this premier matchup here. Um, but for some reason, the UFC really is trying to give Maki Matolo a second chance, and they're really pushing Dusko Todorovic, even though he hasn't really shown anything either, but that's the UFC for you, apparently. Hey, there's the mute button. There we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, to be quite honest... That one, that one was one of the ones towards the top of my list of why does that get a premier prelim spot? It right. does not fucking deserve it at all. Maki Patolo has been a hot fucking mask, and Todorovic has not done anything impressive. I, I, I say nothing, absolutely fucking nothing. Oh, wait a minute, you did Kale Townsend, but 
who hasn't at this point? Townsend's chin has been suspect for a long time, but anyhow, not the fight that I'm talking about. To be quite honest, the one that I think has been fucking overlooked or been talked about more than it should be, or is, I won't say talked about more than it should be because it hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but it's in the wrong placement on the fucking card. Clay Guida and Leonardo Santos. Look, I love the carpenter. I will say it. I love the way that He's got a fucking gas tank for days. He belches between every fucking round and audibly enough so everybody in the fucking arena can hear him. The dude does not deserve to be in a people's co-main event spot. He hasn't been a legitimate player in the UFC in probably seven or eight years. And that's being generous, I think. It was probably more like 10 years ago when he was really at the top of his game. And who the fuck is Leonardo Santos? Why are they in the People's Coming event? I would much rather see Jimmy Cruton, Jamal Hill there than these two. And this is nothing against Clay. Like I said, I do love the Carpenter. That dude, doesn't matter how bad of a fucking streak he's on. I'm always fucking rooting for him, no matter what. There's something about the dude where he's just that blue collar. You want to go have a beer with that dude after he's done fighting kind of guy. He's kind of like a cowboy in a sense, but definitely does not deserve the position. And it's in, and I'll call it, it's fucking overhyped because of that. I mean, you could put in fucking, um, you could, I'll, you know, I would even say it could go in its place. I'm going to go all the way to the fucking bottom of the car. You could put Lewis Smolka and Vincent Morales in there. And to be quite honest, that would be a much better people's co-main event. Pretty fucked up fucking way to stack your car together. Hopefully they change it before Saturday night. No, I, I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I like Quake Lita. I've said it several times. I'm very happy he's still competing because he still very much has the ability to keep competing. Um, Obviously not at that championship level anymore, but he's still obviously very capable and competent in competing. But if you're trying to stack a card to get people brought back to the last, one of the last few cards of the year for the UFC, Clay Guida's not really putting asses in seats. You want to talk about somebody who's not a needle mover anymore. I love Clay, but, God damn, there's nothing that excites me about that fucking matchup. Um, yeah, I agree. They they could have taken almost any other fight and put it in that fucking spot. It would have been better suited, I think. Um, but that'll bring us to our fifth and final round question here. Uh, as we like to do around here with the fifth question, we kind of break away from the, the main things we've been talking about for this evening and bring it to something a little bit uh, more non-traditional. So for this one, uh, this week in particular, we have seen the abundant promotion of the new Halle Berry and Valentina Shuchenko movie, Bruised, um, which, to her credit, Valentina Shuchenko stated in the very beginning, she had agreed to sign on and do under the condition that Halle Berry actually trained with her and that every fight scene isn't a choreographed fight scene. It is Valentina's version of a fight scene because if it doesn't look real she wasn't going to do it so Halle Berry legitimately took a year out of her life and committed and they genuinely supposedly made this look like the realest most genuine MMA movie that has ever been produced so 
my question is, with Valentina doing this, uh, we've seen Michael Bisping doing several other things. We've got Cowboy doing six different fucking movies now. Um, we've got GSP, who's been in Captain America. We've got several different MMA fighters from across the spectrum who have been in several different movies now. But unlike with GSP and Captain America and Bisping in three or four different The Fighter movies now, um, Valentina, much like Ronda before her, is doing movies while she's an active reigning champion. And we saw how that went for Ronda. We haven't really had that issue with a lot of guys in the UFC, but this is a situation now where Rose was also doing some small independent work, not nearly as big as what Valentina was doing, but we've now got several of the ladies who are starting to do genuine Hollywood style movies and work while they're active fighters. And we have not seen that happen with a lot of success with any success, really. So not necessarily the ladies, but the fighters in general, do you think it is a good idea for these fighters to be doing genuine movies, whether they're realistic or not, while they're actively competing? Or do you feel that this is something that they should wait until they hang the gloves up to start doing some acting roles? I'm going to start with, I'll say, I did not enjoy that movie. Yeah. It was not an MMA movie. I watched it already. I was going to say, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, it was an MMA movie of sorts, but it was definitely a drama. And you know what? Credit to Halle Berry. The movie was good, but it's not an MMA movie. So I, it was not enjoyable as an MMA fan. As far as the fight scenes are concerned, yeah, they did a pretty good job. And from what I understand, Fucking Hallie actually made her punch her a couple times yeah. with legitimate force. She's like, I can't do this unless you actually hit me so I know what it's like. Of course, she didn't hit her with full force because she would have fucking killed her. But, you know, she took some punches. She took some licks. And to be quite honest, looked very good doing it. And I, I will give them that credit. Now, as far as to the question at hand here, I think that they should I look at it like this you got to make hay while the sun shines look you want to make money by all means go do so at any means necessary but asterisks here big but make sure that your top priority is defending your belt because you can't keep doing movies if you fall off the fucking radar because you lose you lose the title and then you take a sharp downward spiral all of fucking Ronda Rousey. Now, don't get me wrong. She's doing just fine between fucking going WWE and whatever other fuckery she gets into playing video games now. She's doing fine, but make sure your ducks are in a row first. But I, for somebody along the lines of Valentina, I don't foresee an issue there. Especially not when she was making Allie come train with her. We haven't seen that from the other these other fighters, though. All GSP waited. Because his re most recent one was in um, fucking one of the Marvel series on Disney. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's there's le legitimately places for those guys to do it, but make hate while the sun shines. If it means you're still active fighting, by all means do so. If you can make to get dollars, make the dollars. If it don't make money, it don't make sense. I can understand that. 
uh, I fall on the other side of that, though, uh, that are spinning around. Um, I'm of the opinion, especially after seeing Ronda in particular, but then also after seeing what it's done to Cowboy as well, what it's done to uh, several other fighters, uh, not what it's done to, but has also been a part of the Conor McGregor fall because in his peak, he started doing the UFC game and he did some shitty mobile games that he sponsored. Um, and then Proper 12 came out and he did a whole bunch of other things where he was spreading his attention too thin while still trying to be active. And now Valentina has not gone that far, but this is one of those situations where Cowboy wasn't even at the top of his game. And I love fucking Cowboy, but since he started doing all the riding shooting competitions and he started shooting all these fucking movies and the Westerns and he's working with Keith Jardine and he's doing all sorts of shit, his attention has noticeably been spread thinner and it feels like his fights have bore that impact a little bit in his performance. And I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but I'm saying in the fighters that we have seen who have been active while taking up the Hollywood side of things as well, as well, it has had more of an impact on their fight career than waiting has on their acting career. I can see that point. However, I look at the people like where you mentioned Cowboy. Cowboy knows he's on the back half of his career. That's why he started doing all that stuff to set himself up for afterwards. And I get that. So for somebody like him, I kind of give him a pass because he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was setting himself up for. That's why he's racing and all that other shit now, because that's what's right. going to keep the lights on at the BMF ranch. Yeah, that Baja racing has got him big fucking dollars already. Yeah, and but then you do have some other legitimate fucking higher-end fighters that really fucked themselves up. All of the fucking Conor McGregor, but then again, he was also doing the same thing. And I get it, but he was also at the peak. Those guys at the peak shouldn't be doing it. That's why I said it. there's that huge asterisk. So make sure the first thing you're worried about is where you're at. Because you can't keep selling that shit if you're not at the peak. Cowboys of a different breed, though, because he's a, um, he's always been a blue-collar guy. Right. Like, from day one, that's why we've always seen the, the whole turnarounds and fights with him so quickly. He's been that blue-collar, yeah, let's do it, boss. Or... I'm going to go play on the weekend. I'm going to work real hard, but I'm going to play real fucking hard, too. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's all dependent, but I definitely see your side there, though. That, that it, it makes sense in a lot of ways. I think, I think it would bother me less if we saw more contender series guys and gals, non-discriminatory, uh, the contender series level folks doing, like, small roles or small movies or TV show extra work or something like that while they're working because they're the lower paid guys who legitimately need the extra income and will have the time off because they're generally aren't going to get five fight offers a year that they'll be able to actually take. So they could use that work in between time and it won't distract them as much from their training. Whereas somebody like Valentina who granted is still the wood chipper in the division for sure. But we've seen what happens when a wood chipper gets distracted. Didn't seem to distract her much in her last fight. And they were working on the move. Look at the competition now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Strength of schedule, my friend. Strength of schedule. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but no, I will say as a whole, the movie was good, but it was not what I would call an MMA movie. I mean, it was based in MMA, but it was more of a drama type movie. I, yeah, I wondered if it was going to be like an MMA movie the same way like the new Mortal Kombat was an MMA movie? No. 
like to be quite honest, I think the new Mortal Kombat movie was probably along the same lines where you've got that whole loss and fucking type situation going on. Yeah, so yeah, it, come back they're, they're, look, I get it. To make shit work in Hollywood, you can't have fucking Paul Bart mall cop in there fucking slugging away as a fucking school teacher because he's right. trying to help kids. No. That works great in a comedy setting. I was going to say, Here Comes the Boom was funny, but it wasn't any kind of legitimate MMA actual. Yeah, I mean, the legitimate MMA action you got out of that bruised was actually pretty fucking good. But then again, when you have somebody who's the fucking baddest bitch on the fucking planet right? saying, no, this is how this needs to look, otherwise it's not going to look real. And you're going to have to take a punch or please punch me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. However, that fucking works out either way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how that fucking came to fruition, but knowing she got punched for it, my hat's off the fucking alley because look, I'm telling you right now that would hurt. (laughs) I'm telling you right now that fucking hurt. (laughs) Not to mention, Hallie doesn't need to take a punch. No, clearly. She can make clearly. money however the fuck she wants now. She's she's to that point in her career where she says, this is what I want to do. She can do it. And to know that she was willing to take a punch, whether it was of her wanting it or Valentina saying, you're going to have to take one so this looks real. Yeah, okay. how, yeah. however that eventually got to that point. And can I say they <laughs> did a damn fine job with the makeup in the MMA scenes. Like the fucking the special effects makeup fucking on point because like some of the cuts and shit yeah they did a really good job with that nice very cool very cool well with that being said that's all we've got for this particular episode unfortunately it will end anticlimactically because the kid's not here so we're gonna have to have him do homework and talk about it next week but uh, with that being said though uh if someone would happen to need some directions on where to get themselves some tasty fried cheese curds, maybe directions on where to go bring some uh, cheer up champ flowers to the Kenosha Crippler. Uh, how can they get a hold of you after the show, Valti? Wednesday nights, right here on the YouTube's 9.30 Central Time. Uh, and of course here, Thursday nights, 9.30 Central Time, whenever there's a card all over. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be here every week because it was nice to have a fucking week off, not going to lie. Might even do that again sometime. <laughs> but... Um, no, definitely glad to be back. Unfortunately, not the card I'm excited to talk about. That's going to come next week. And I say that with a little hesitation because the UFC done fucked up my birthday. They, they had a really stacked card and then they kind of pulled back the curtain fucking Wizard of Oz standing back there. Nah, bullshit. Great and powerful my ass. Right. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Always appreciated. Uh, that being said, uh, if you do appreciate what we do around here, uh, make sure you are subscribed. Hit that little notification bell down on the bottom if you are watching here on YouTube, which we do this live every Thursday night, 9.30 Central Time-ish, whenever there is enough cards to talk about that aren't just Triller. Um, you can also catch this the week after we go live on YouTube in the all audio format, distraction free over on anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe through your podcast consumption platform of choice. 
Uh, if you so inclined, we are on all of the social medias, facebook.com slash I'm no Joe, instagram.com slash I'm no Joe, uh, reddit.com slash r slash I'm no Joe podcast. We officially have a Reddit. We also have a Discord where you can catch the news we don't get to talk about during the show or just the weird shit that we don't want to talk about during the show, but still interesting. We throw it over into the Discord server. We also have a fan Q&A where you can ask us questions all running down in the bottom here. If you really appreciate what we do around here, patreon.com slash I'm no Joe helps us do what we do and gives you access to behind the scenes, unaired and literally unairable footage that we cannot put out for the regular YouTube folks, but you get it for helping to support us. That being said, if you don't like what we're doing around here, what the fuck are you still doing this deep into the video? Give us a thumbs down. We're not going to dispute it. Fuck on off for the rest of you. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you, but we're going to call that all for this particular evening. So remember, folks, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Unless it's JFK Jr. coming back at the Rolling Stones concert. That just didn't happen. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, you shouldn't believe that. You shouldn't admit that. Good times that made us laugh.